0: Hello there, and welcome to the Lady in Disguise podcast. Our practical talks are merely to be an encouragement and help to you in your Christian walk with the Lord. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lady
1: in Disguise.
0: My name is Laura Moore.
1: And I'm Elizabeth Moore. And today we decided to do our topic on an inner prison. So many times we put a facade on in front of other people when we're hurting, we're going through a trial. We have had many responses in our life. If you look past in your, in your own past, your own life, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, if mama ain't happy, nobody is happy. But you know, that statement is so true when we are in an inner prison within ourselves and we're crying out to somebody for help and somebody just gives us a Bible verse or I'm praying for you, or you've got to be like me, or gives you a whole bunch of reasons of how you should snap out of it. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. What happens is when you're hurting so badly, you just want to run away. Maybe you have young children at home and they are day in, day out wearing you down. You're a teenager, you are wanting to be popular, you're having teenage pressure, pure pressure, because maybe you're comparing yourself with somebody else. You're taking care of a, a sick person that's within your household. You're taking care of your elderly parent and you're worn out and we're hurting so badly because nobody is really listening. They're wanting us to straighten up, like I said, and they're wanting us to change to be like them. Or they're comparing how we have they've gone through a trial and it's the same way that they're going through the trial. But ladies, it's okay to cry. It's okay to go through that struggle. It's okay to be alone by yourself to think through the situation that you're going through. The main thing, though, that we need to realize is that we don't want to stay there. We can't stay in our fetal position underneath our blanket all day long. We can't stay reserved or away from people. We can't change our situation. Like I said, if you have chosen to have an elderly parent, I'm going to use that one in in this situation because that's what we're dealing with here in our home. We can't change the situation that we're going through, but we can make the situation better. We can come out of that inner prison or that disguise that we are going through and turn it around. How do we do that though? How can we actually make our situation better than what we seem is so hurtful and so hard? I'm drawn to Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 12, the people were praying for Peter to be released from his prison situation. And in that situation, they prayed day and night. And let's go and pick up the story where Peter is released and he's knocking at the door of the gate. And the damsel comes. Her name is Rhoda. In verse 14, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And their response was, thou art mad. So Peter had to keep knocking. And when Peter kept knocking and they opened the door and they saw that he was, in verse 17, he beckoned them with his hand to hold their peace. And he declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. That's what it's going to be, ladies. I can tell you that that is so true. Because in my own life, I felt like I was in an inner prison. People would come at me and tell me, Well, you got to do it this way, Beth. Well, I'm praying for you, Beth. Here's a Bible verse, Beth. But I was so within my prison that I wasn't listening. And I came to myself one Sunday. And I did, I cried out to the Lord. And the Lord gave me the solution. I turned unto the Lord for His hearing of my prayer, opening the gate, and He helped me out of the depths of despair. And I turned my attention from my inner hurt onto other things. And one of the things for me was um, cleaning out my house, which sounds silly, But you have to within yourself, lady, you have to find what's going to help you instead of turning to that food or turning to running away or turning to buying things, divert your energy to something useful within your own life, maybe a new hobby, maybe going to visit somebody. But our situation is not going to be the same for everybody else. So I really can't give you a cookie cutter example of what's going to happen in your own life. Because you have to get alone with the Lord and ask him to help you. You have to have him give you the solution for your own life. And I want also to draw our attention to you ladies that have gone through this trial And you want to help somebody else. Remember that the timing is what is so crucial. I wasn't able to receive the solution from anybody else except the Lord until I got my own self right with the Lord. I couldn't receive any outside help. I couldn't change my inner prison until I got it right. A silly example, maybe, but I just want to tell you about a Thanksgiving meal that you had and you prepared this recipe and you spent time on that recipe. And when the people sat down at your table and then they said, well, you should have added this spice to it or you should have added this ingredients to make it better or you should have taken that out because that had too much of this in it. You know, that's how it is in our life. That's not the right timing when you spent so much time on that recipe. And in our life, we have to realize that some ladies are at different stages in their life to receive our help, to receive instruction. They might just need a hug from you. They might just need a listening ear. They might just say, it's okay that you're crying. I've gone to church and cried before. And sometimes that's what I just needed to do. We need to just be able to be ourselves, to be real. And I'm going to hang it out there, but Laura and I both have the same personality that we share or hang our feelings on our shirt sleeve. That's just who we are. That's our kind of character. Mm-hmm. And so many times people have misinterpreted that. Ladies in disguise, you can hide it. You can fake it but it's going to explode sometime in your life. It's going to be hung out there. So just be yourself. Just be real. Now we're going to turn to Acts chapter 16. And I wanted to tell you about the first century prison. In a first century prison, when Paul and Silas in Acts 16 were beaten with rods, they were a group, a bundle of rods that were together and they had an ax on the inside. And that was because the person could have been executed. And if they weren't going to be executed at that time, the ax was laid to the side and the person was beaten over and over and over. There was no trial. The Bible says in verse 23 that there was many, many stripes laid upon them. And then they were cast into prison. Actually, they were cast into an inner dungeon. A dirty, filthy, unsanitary place. Archeology span tells us that the stocks were a series of holes and they were wider and wider so that the person, the individual would be having their legs spread apart to induce cramping. And in this time with their backs beaten, they could have had broken ribs, they could have had smashed vertebrae injuries to their organs in this dark cell with lice, rats, disease, forced to sit there in their own filth. In the cramping situation, the Bible says in verse 25, when they couldn't sleep at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed unto the Lord. They talked to God about their situation they were going through. And then they sang praises to God. God gave them a new song in their heart. They wanted everybody to hear. They wanted to proclaim it from the rooftop, so to say, how that God had delivered them and God had been the same yesterday, today and forever. When they saw God in the light, they saw him in the dark. And they praised him because God is a living God. He's with us all the time. So as we're going through this inner prison, this inner struggle, this inner uh, trial that we have, we can rest assured that God's going to help us. He's going to give us that song in our heart. He's going to change our way in our mind to help us to become a person that is going to help other people. Because when we ourselves have gotten the help that we need now through our testimony, through our rejoicing, through the dark time that we were in, we can share what God has done and how he has helped us. And you know, Laura, that reminds me of a missionary lady that you have read about in the past and how she was just an encouragement to you. So I'm going to let you tell about that.
0: Yes, her name was Darlene Dibler-Rose. A couple of years ago, I listened to the audiobook of her uh, book that she wrote, which is called Evidence Not Seen, and it pretty much just shares her testimony of the years during World War II that she was captured by Japanese in Papua New Guinea. It's, it's very eye-opening, honestly, just of all of the trials and all of the things she had to go through in this concentration camp or or under the uh, capture of the Japanese, something I saw in her life, though, and through this testimony is that she always would point everything to the Lord, and she realized that she couldn't get through this without the Lord. In a small part of her story, she shares that she was falsely accused and thrown into prison, a very small cell. It was dark and gloomy inside, kind of what mom was sharing about Paul and Silas and even Peter, their situation in the prison. And she just shares her time there and how she just cried out to the Lord And the and the Lord would just, you know, reassure her and say, It's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. That still small voice she would listen to over and over. One little story that I really like that she shares while she is in prison, is when she was very sick, she felt very hot and warm, so she wanted just a little bit of fresh air. So she pulled herself up to a very high window in the prison and she looked out. And she saw this woman out there and she was kind of confused of what she was doing. Well, she, the woman actually got a banana. She saw that and she just desired the banana so much because she wasn't, she was very malnourished. She didn't have really any food at all. She was eating disgusting oh, with maggots. And anyway, and so she saw that banana and she was just like, wow, I just want that banana. So she said, so she was going through all of these different ways the Lord could bring her. A banana she thought no that it's impossible it could never happen and so time goes by and um, anyway long story short someone brings her 92 bananas and she just she's there in the prison and she's just thinking wow God did abundantly above all that I asked or even could think or imagine or hope for He did that for me because he loved me. And it was just a little bit, little nugget for her, even though it was just bananas. It was just something small for her to hold on to and think, I can get through this. God is going to be with me. And it strengthened her. It strengthened her faith. And it almost just makes me think practically in your life, maybe just ask God for something small and let him do something big. But what it'll do is just make your faith grow and grow to where it'll cause you to think I can do it with the Lord. I can do this. I can get through this. So I just want you to listen to a small clip of her personal testimony, just something that was a blessing to me. I had no more tears to cry.
2: My Lord would say, my child. And I'd sit up and I'd say, Yes, Lord. He would say, You know, my grace is sufficient for you. Not that it has been, not that it's going to be, but right now it is. And I would dry my tears. And then I realized why the Lord had laid it on my heart to memorize a poem by Annie Johnson Flint, that woman that suffered so badly from rheumatoid arthritis all her life. But from her pen came this beautiful poem and I would sit up in the cell and begin to sing, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, He sendeth more strength when the labors increase, To added affliction He addeth his mercy, And to multiplied trials His multiplied peace. When we have exhausted that store of endurance, and our strength is failed ere the days half done, when we reach the end of that hearted resources. Then Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men, for out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And I knew I could go through another one and another one. As the Lord poured in his own grace, And I didn't go to sleep. I was so afraid my mind would go while I was sleeping. And it was one night and two nights and three nights and four nights and five nights. I didn't sleep and during the day I worked trying to just encourage myself in the Word of God and I would continually be repeating scripture to Him. And then the sixth day I couldn't go anymore. I knew I was finished. And I just walked out on this grassy plot where God had met me so many times. And as I walked back and forth, I said, Lord, I've tried in everything that was within me to reach up to you. And I said, I love you. But I said, I have no more strength. And I threw out my hands and I said, I'm gone. And In that moment, it was like arms went underneath me. And I found I was singing a song written by Dr. A.B. Simpson underneath thee oh how precious you have not to mount on high but to rest upon my promise an entrustful resting lie and i saw it that's what he wanted me to do is trust him wholly, because he's wholly trustworthy and the fear just drained out of me it was like a physical thing and i knew that god would restore me body and soul and spirit and when I reached over and touched it it just totally had disintegrated and was gone and I stood up and I said God couldn't I've just had that one thing and he spoke to me he said my child that's what I want to do with you I want to make you like pure gold even if I have to take you through the fire seven times and I bowed before my Lord said God I'm available and then I saw that the woman who was head of the barracks next to mine was standing there just sobbing and I went over to her and I said oh don't cry she said but my mattress burned I said yes everything has burned everything is gone but we've so much to thank God for I said we're alive she said but I I didn't leave it in the barracks. She said, I took it out and I threw it in the ditch where you always lie. I walked over to that ditch. I have never known such a consciousness of the presence of the Almighty. I looked down into the ditch and right where I had been lying, when the Lord reminded me of Mrs. Lee's Bible, was the casing from the bomb and the ashes from her mattress. I stood up. And I walked away. And I realized he'd got me out of that ditch to spare my life again. And I said, when I was a little girl, 10 years old, I said to you, Father, that I would go anywhere for you, no matter what it costs. So Lord, I just want to renew my vow today to you still go anywhere for you as long as you give me life.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Lady in Disguise. Always remember that you were created for a unique purpose by a merciful, loving God. We'll look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.